Hello and welcome to the Hustle and Bustle podcast. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Yugambeh people, and pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging. My name's Nicole Bennett, and I'm an urban and regional planner. I'm the host of this podcast. Each episode, I bring you conversations with city shapers and urban thinkers, leaders in the field of urban planning and city building. I'm located here on the beautiful Gold Coast in Australia. We're one of the host cities for the Brisbane 2032 Olympics and Paralympics. The next 10 years is being described as the golden decade for our city and our region. The conversations on this podcast help us understand the opportunities and challenges ahead. So let's take a minute from our busy hustle and bustle day and let's have a great conversation. And welcome to episode 20 for 2022. Feels like such a milestone this year. Uh, In my first season last year, I only made it to episode 18. So to make it to episode 20 for this year, I am thrilled. And I'm even more thrilled to be joined by a fellow Gold Coaster, Luke Brannelly. Luke is the founder and managing director of the V2I Group, which comprises his 35 years of experience in the planning industry as an urban designer and master planning consultant. 20 years within the digital story and visualisation industry, and the past decade of diversifying these skills into a variety of other industries, including health, education, online learning and underground mining. Over the past six years, Luke and his team at V2I have successfully incorporated many of the new technologies they have developed in other sectors back into the planning industry. With the launch of the interactive 3D software platform V2I Realtime, the creation of project-specific digital twins enabled a more effective and efficient journey from vision to implementation for all stakeholders. V2I Realtime has been utilised as the primary engagement and decision-making tool throughout the entire life cycle of the nation's leading property development and infrastructure projects across private and public sectors. Such an exciting piece of technology. Thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast today, Luke. How are you? Hey, Nick, I'm really well. That was a good introduction. I don't think I need to say any more. Can we wrap it up now? (laughs) That was impressive. No way. You're not getting out of it that easily. That's for sure. No worries. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so keen to find out more about V2I and your journey to, to get here and all the technologies you've developed to support the planning industry to really rethink how we plan. The first question I have for you today is where did the concept of V2I come from? Uh, thanks, Nick. I guess um, for those of you that don't know, although you touched on it on the intro, you know, V2I stands for Vision to Implementation. And, you know, it's got a bit of a little interesting backstory if I could uh, provide that for you. You know, almost uh, 30 or so years ago, I had a joint venture with uh, the wonderful Jim McNulty and his team from Pike Mills McNulty PMM. Uh, that some of your listeners might uh, remember. They went on to become Connex and then I think bought out by RPS. And I'm sure, again, the, many of your lis- listeners are aware of uh, you know, the wonderful f- firm that RPS is today. Yeah. But, you know, when I form- formed the joint venture, um, you know, I wanted an interesting name, you know, and I never liked to go, so I never liked the names of companies being people's names or the founders. Because for me, it was always around the people that, you know, that make a great business. So as a young planner, you know, I had the privilege of starting my career, as you said, on the Gold Coast 37 years ago, you know, with another wonderful mentor being Des Brooks. Um, and back then, you know, he had a company called Media 5, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. You know, some of your 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 older audience might recall Media 5 and some of the great work that, you know, Des and his team did. But, you know, Media 5 stood for 
um, the five medias of design being planning, architecture, interior, landscaping, and graphics. Uh, and, you know, and I like the fact that there was this story there. Um, yeah, and again, for those of you that, that aren't aware, Media 5 went on to become Desbrooks International, which is now DVI, and it's the wonderful, uh, wonderful Wraith Anderson's at the helm there. And again, I'm sure many of the local listeners would, would know Wraith and the great work that they're doing now. But anyway, back to the JV with Jim. You know, I wanted, I wanted the name with the story. And for me, you know, as a design-based planner, the story of design was, was pretty important, particularly from a planning point of view. So we came up with a name called Avadi, and Avadi stood for Analysis, Vision, Academia, Research, Design, and implement, Implementation. So it was this, there was this nice story to the name where, you know, should anybody ask the question? But, you know, the reality is, like a lot of joint ventures, sadly, they have their lifespan. So after you know, five or so years uh, with Jim and the team, you know, we parted ways on very good terms. However, they were the senior partner and, and you know, long story short, they retained the name and the Avadi brand. So I sort of sat back and said, oh, geez, I need to you know, think about a, a new story and a new name for the next company. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as I sat back and, and, you know, said to myself, you know, what were the most important steps in the design process? You know, I, I guess, you know, again, I had the privilege of working with some wonderful visionary people in my early early years and, and wonderful projects, you know, with theirs and the team, such as, you know, the Mirage Project here on the Gold Coast, up at Port Douglas, Royal Pines. And I remember I was in the car one day, pardon me, in the car one day coming back from, from Brisbane with Des, uh, where Media 5 were in the design competition for, for Southbank. And I remember mm-hmm. Des turning to me in the car and he said, you know, you know what Brisbane needs? It needs a beach. And, you know, Media 5 went on and, and you know, it, they went on and won the competition. The rest is history at Southbank. But I guess they are extraordinary projects and extraordinary sort yeah. of visioning at the time. However, you know, as a young planner, as sort of sitting back, you know, enjoying all this, I also realised as I watched this journey that, you know, you know, getting that vision to reality or indeed implementing the vision was really where the challenge lay. So I guess long story short, that became the foundation, you know, for my business was was the journey from vision to implementation, hence V2I. And, and I suppose, you know, we've sort of really continued, you know, the, 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 the objective of that is to really help people facilitate, you know, the understanding of what's involved from vision, you know, but importantly, you know, bringing all those challenges and of the implementation journey to the surface as early as possible, you know, to help decision makers understand whether in fact that vision is worth pursuing or not, you know, and the sooner you can find it out the better. So, you know, there you go, vision to implementation. Wow, that's an incredible story. And and so many inspirations along the way to get you there. I'm I'm interested to unpack what inspired you to pursue something so challenging and different, but something so innovative in terms of really trying to turn the tide on on planning and technology. Um, yeah, I guess the interesting choice of words when you say, you know, innovation, of course, to be perfectly frank, you know, when we started the journey with the V2I consultancy 20 or so years ago, you know, the term innovation really wasn't used that much, to be honest. But what was, you know, what was certainly in the conversation and what certainly drove us was, you know, our thought process of how do we do things better and how do we create these spaces and places for people? And again, all the passion, you know, that I, that I still have for that placemaking was certainly born out of all those wonderful times and experiences with Des and the team back in the early uh, Media 5 days where, you know, their focus was really on lifestyle resorts and hotels and creating, you know, these unexpected and memorable experiences and importantly, you know, these places and spaces for people. And, you know, it was always about people and about spaces on the ground for Des. It was never really about 
what the buildings look like. So, you know, as I moved on from the Media 5 journey, and, and you mentioned earlier, I was fortunate enough to have, you know, 20 incredible years and in what I'm going to call my master planning and community creation heydays, where you know, <laughs> we're very, very heavily focused on master planning and visioning of large-scale lifestyle resort communities, you know, both, you know, overseas in the Asian region, particularly in the 90s. And then when I came back and started the, the, the joint venture with Jim, um, mm. PMM back in, I guess it was 96, you know, where we applied all that, you know, knowledge that we learned overseas back to the, the master planning community uh, market here in Australia. Um, you know, that was all, you know, it was all quite interesting. But I guess, you know, where things started to change a little bit and and what did happen during that phase and probably where, you know, some innovation did creep in, if you like, was that there were, you know, we certainly struggled a bit with communicating some of our design outcomes, uh, particularly, you know, in those early days to our clients uh, in Asia where there was often language barriers. And to be perfectly honest, my Bahasa was pretty poor and my Mandarin <laughs> was really bad. So we often have to, you know, work through interpreters, um, you know, which was always a challenge. So, you know, back then, which was 20 odd years ago, I was thinking of ways of, you know, how do we improve the skill knowledge transfer between what we were trying to design and our decision makers, if you like. Uh, and then one day, you know, I was coming back from Jakarta, uh, early, my late 90s it would have been, and I was watching... I think it was one of the Star Wars movies. And I remember coming back to the office, you know, thinking it was pretty cool and talking to my team of planners. Remember, we were a team of planners. And I said to the guys, you know, how do, how do they make those movies? Because it was pretty cool. And the team went off and did a bit of research and came back and said, you know, well, they use this program called 3D Studio Max and other cinematic movie making software. And I, you know, rightly or wrongly, I innocently said, well, can we take that software and use that to create similar outcomes to help explain our planning design concepts and explain what we're trying to create. And so, you know, interesting enough, way back in 2000, so, you know, 22 years ago, we produced our first animations wow. to, you know, to better communicate, you know, those memorable and unexpected experiences and places and spaces for people that we were trying to create. Now, yeah. you know, that was pretty cool. And I guess, you know, that's probably where the innovation crept in, if you like. And, and I think the innovative part of that journey was that we were taking technology from other industries. In this particular case, it was the you know special mm. effects and CGI technology from the movie making industry, and bring that into our planning and design industry as a design communication and decision 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 making tool. So, I guess I'll um I'll give that the the innovation tick so to speak. And really, absolutely, it, it was really from that that first moment of, you know, discovering the benefits of bringing technologies from other industries into mm. our industry to enable sort of better processes and understanding outcomes faster. You know, that's really where the, the journey of innovation took off for us. So fast track 22 years. And as you said at the start, you know, we've, we've had the privilege of applying that journey of, of using enabling technologies to look at a better way of doing things in a number of other sectors. And as you mentioned earlier, the health, education, online learning, gas resource and mining. But I guess, you know, the, the, the purpose of today's conversation is really around, you know, our V2I real-time product and, and mm. the focus of that in our planning design industry. And, and once again, we find ourselves taking technologies that are currently being used in other industries. And in this particular case, being the $200 billion a year real-time video gaming industry and bringing them into our industry to provide outcomes and solutions that, again, are simply trying to do things a better way. So I guess coming back to your fundamental question, you know, that's the inspiration for what we do. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And to have that foresight uh, 20 years ago and to ask the question, you know, how did Star Wars do it? I, I don't know many other planners that would have had the the courage to do that, Luke. So I, I really applaud you for that and for developing these technologies and, and for learning a whole different language, um, you know, maybe not Mandarin, but it, it is digital. <laughs> yeah. you, you've you've yeah. learned the, the digital language and, and you now need to bring those two worlds together through what you're doing. And I think it's it's um it's incredible. I'm I'm really keen and I think you know improving the way that planners use digital tools to uh, both um you know set vision and and also to um, make decisions. I think you know it is something that um you and I both agree needs to needs to be done better and, and we need to um, do more of that. How do you see the digital tools you're building changing the future of planning? Uh, well, I guess, Nick, you know, I'll reinforce what I've said a number of times before in this chat and probably say a few times before the end is that, you know, what we're simply trying to do is give people a better way of doing things and to enable that through these. And I've got to say, you know, these, these are global technologies now that are available to us today. And that's mm -hmm. an important thing for everyone to understand. You know, these are global technologies, you know, and solutions that are being used all over the world in planning, design, architecture, construction and engineering, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, one of the really important things that I learned, particularly when we were, you know, um, working in the e-learning and, uh, and online education space was how visual based technology could really bridge the gap between, you know, in the student world between the A's, the A and the E students, if you like. And probably mm -hmm. the most powerful way was through this thing called visual liter literacy and creating, you know, what we call a common visual language for anyone to understand. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting, you know, watching you know, the space with the kids, you know, and they started to develop, you know, these this sort of gamification that enabled the kids to some extent play games, but importantly, learn as they played. And what they discovered was that, you know, these kids could play games pretty well because they knew all knew how to play computer games. And then, you know, they would come together and talk about what they were discovering in the game that we're playing. And of course, you know, discovery or discovering is a really cool way to learn. And so all of a sudden, you know, you know, there was this connection between A and E students and they mm. seemed to be almost on the same playing field. And, you know, when I sort of observed all of this probably 10 or so years ago, you know, I thought, you know what, this is exactly the same thing that occurs in any industry where you've got the subject matter experts, the planners, the designers, those people that kind of know what they're trying to do. And you've got the non-subject matter experts, which quite often are, in fact, the decision makers. And mm -hmm. for us, it's, you know, it's through this journey of visual literacy and, again, creating common vi visual language that was the key and for the basis of developing V2I real-time, which, interestingly enough, as we sort of touched on, you know, draws on the world's biggest and largest gaming engine being Epic's Unreal Engine and all of the extraordinary knowledge and know-how of their global partners. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, it's a global movement. It's what we call, Nick, the real-time revolution, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the tools, you know, for us, and what we're trying to do is is provide this opportunity to create again this common visual language that that you know helps all of us involved in the process to understand and support an outcome in a more meaningful, equitable, collaborative, collaborative, and dare, and dare I say enjoyable way. You know, and for me, that's what planning's all about. You know, and and yeah. it's you know it's it's you know what we're trying to do is help facilitate you know the many and varied and sometimes quite complex. And, and challenging, often, often political stakeholder engagement issues that our projects and indeed our planning processes present, and then sort of help bring that all together into this, you know, real-time, spatially accurate virtual environment that enables all stakeholders, 
and their opinions, you know, their suggestions and, and options to be understood in a more, you know, equitable process that ultimately enables, you know, more informed and meaningful discussions leading to more informed and faster outcomes, you know, and, and decisions. And, you know, mm. the real thing that I've observed as, as I sit around, you know, meetings and watch this technology being used, you know, by our, our clients and, and our customers is that, you know, it really helps minimise those errors, omissions and misunderstandings um, that sometimes come with interpreting those plans or indeed, you know, the reliance on a third party to present an outcome to somebody that can sometimes be perceived as, as a bit biased by the person, you know, presenting, if you like. So, um, you know, it's it's an interesting interesting journey that we've witnessed. But just if I, if I could just touch on a on a on a little story that really gives me great hope that there's a wonderful future for these technologies. Um, you know, I was having dinner the other night, well, no, it was about three or four months ago, with mm. my, my brother and his family in, in, um, in Brisbane. And my 11-year-old nephew, this is around the dinner table, said to me, out of the blue, you know, he said, Uncle Luke, I'm really proud and think that it's really, it's really smart that, you, that you're using the Unreal Engine in your business. And he said, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, 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 he was 11. I went, oh, that's cool. And he, yeah, and he knew that because, you know what, he's using the same engine and he's learning those principles of virtual collaboration, communication, connection and real-time decision-making, decision making, you know, with his mates on a daily basis with the games like Fortnite that he's playing. So mm. you can just imagine, you know, what that generation will do, you know, with these technologies when they're available to them as they move into the, into the workplace. So I've got no doubt that, you know, that, that next generation will, will embrace these toolkits and, and will dramatically change and improve our industry, you know, to solve problems. However, Nick, the reality is, you know, and the real challenge that we have is that, you know, how do we get the current generation, you know, um, to think of these enabling technologies as a better way of, of doing things. And so, you know, part of our journey and part of, you know, how we get the industry aware of these you know, the, the, these tools and these tool sets is simply to take them on the on this journey and, and help them acknowledge, you know, and be brave enough that there might be a better way of doing things and to be brave mm -hmm. enough to actually give it a go, you know. So, you know, yeah. I, I say to my clients, and, and again, I'm sure your listeners you know, will appreciate this, is that, you know, and it's interesting, you know, our three-year journey with Cross the Rail really drove this, this home uh, and it was spoken about quite often, you know. You know, solving problems in the virtual world is so much easier, cheaper and faster than solving yeah. the real world or even worse once construction started, you yeah. know, uh, or, or, you know, trying to, you know, see all the conflicts in drawings or whatever. And, you know, you know it's, it's, it's like when you're trying to understand a, a space or a destination, it's much easier if you've been there and the person that you've talking with, you know, you've had that what we call this shared visual experience or, or shared spatial memory of that space. It's a lot easier to have that discussion rather than if I gave you a drawing or or, or 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 some reports around that space, you know. So, you know, it's, again, come back to this opportunity of creating this, you know, this common visual language, which, you know, I talk about a picture paints a thousand words. And, you know, the reality is this this yeah. common visual language, you know, it's, it's hundreds, a thousand times faster and easier um, to understand an outcome than present those same outcomes with drawings and reports. And mm -hmm. I think, you know... Um, the industry, you know, and, you know, as subject matter experts, you know, we sometimes forget that our audience, you know, rightly or wrongly, sometimes has no idea what we're talking about, you know, mm. has no idea what the drawings mean 
or what we're writing about. And it really doesn't sort of matter what we or our, our peers think if our stakeholders don't get it. And often they don't understand an outcome till it's built. And yeah. they walk around it, they experience, they go, ah, oh, hey, this is good. But by cripes, it's taken us 10 years to get here. You know, <laughs> we're just trying to, we're just trying to shorten that process. You know, and you know, it's interesting, I was in a, a meeting the other day, yeah, you know, with one of the tier one global consultancies, and we were talking about the same exact same thing. And Rightly or wrongly, again, these these aren't my words. These are the words in the meeting. You know, this this fellow said that, uh, and I've heard these sorts of numbers before, but you know, again, it was just you know, mentioned recently that he said the other day that 60 to 70, 60 to 70 percent of professionals now in industry can't read or let alone understand 2D plans. You know? Wow. And, and again, I just, I've heard various other numbers, but you know, even if it's 50 percent, you know, I got to say to myself, you know, what the hell are we doing as an industry to think that's okay? So. We're just trying to develop these tool sets to help that journey, Nick. Yeah, look, it's it, an inspiring journey. Of water. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, and, quick, and, quick yeah. Um, look, it's inspiring, Luke. I think I think that the endeavors that you're going through in order to build the tools that we need to change how we do business and how we've done business for so long. And, you know, like you you pick up a game. You know, I used to play SimCity all the time and it's quite intuitive. You know, there's not a whole bunch of, you know, um, training sessions and things that you need to go through. You know, these yeah. these these engines, these global um, gaming engines are designed so that people intuitively understand and can pick these things up. So I think that's, that's a real benefit to this digital tool um, set that you're comprising at the moment for us. So I think... Um, you know, that's really exciting. And, and I think your 11 year old uh, nephew is very smart to say that um, <laughs> you've you picked the right cool. engine. Yeah, but it was interesting because I said, you know, they do all this stuff. And it's just, yeah. in fact, you know, this is how they prefer to do it. They, they, only, yeah. have to get, they only pick up their books at school because they have to do it that way. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes. So, sorry, Nick, let's keep going. No, all good. Um, the last question I had for you today, Luke, was around just to reflect on on the journey that you've been on and just to un understand some of those key challenges and barriers you've had along the journey and maybe continue to have in terms of rolling out V2I more broadly throughout our planning industry. Yeah, and listen, there are a few, absolutely. But, you know, the you know, I guess I got to preface that, um, you know, by the reality of acknowledging that, you know, V2I is a small to medium enterprise, you know, where we're a small company. Um, and, you know, by that very nature, there are some roadblocks, you know, wrapped around the reality of cash flow, limited resources and marketing budgets, you know, so there's only so much that, that, that we can do. But, you know, we're trying hard. But having said that, I really want to emphasize that it's not really about you know, V2I, to be perfectly frank, but rather, for mine, it's the industry needing to embrace and understand that, that, you know, there are these new enabling technologies um, mm. that do provide a better way of doing things. I know I keep repeating that, but that's what it's all about. And it's and, and for us, it's really nice to be part of this growing global community that, that gets this benefit and this real-time revolution. And I should say, too, you know, there are some great Australian companies leading the way, particularly in the planning field. Um, and, you know, groups such as Archistar and Landcheck and Giraffe, they're all great um, companies that some of your listeners, you know, may be aware of, but if they're not, if I can be so, you know, um, the coin, what's his name, old Molly Meldrum, yeah, you know, go out and do yourselves a favour and just have a look at, at what is out there in the current, you know, in current space, just so, just so you're aware, or at least some of your maybe, you know, some of your younger staff are aware of the mm -hmm. technologies that are already there doing, you know, this this really cool AI stuff that is 
helping us do things much quicker. And, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about a level of education. And I guess, to be perfectly frank, convincing people and providing them with the confidence, you know, to take mm. the first step and to try to give them, you know, the motivation and the reason to change and move from, here's the byline ready, this move from 2D pain to 3D real-time pleasure. <laughs> but, you know, and again, it's, you know, and that's what it's about because it is so much more enjoyable. I mean, as an urban planner, as you said, I, I did that stuff for so long. It was so frustrating. But the moment I stepped into the, 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 the virtual world, man, it was so much easier to the extent that I often go to meetings. And you know what? I see people laughing and smiling, not frowning because they don't understand a drawing, being being yeah. happy because they can understand an outcome. So it's it's really kind of interesting. But, um, you know, as, and as I mentioned earlier, too, you know, it's you know, it's just about this sort of reminding ourselves that, you know, technologies and enabling technologies are here to take away the sometimes more menial tasks and replace them with a tool that allows those tasks to occur somewhat automatically, if you like, which then gives the user or the individual more time to go and do more interesting or important things. So, so Nick, you know what? It's all about people, just people, you know, and helping them sort of understand the benefits and giving them the right reasons and motivations to try, you know, to try something different. Um, and to importantly show them real world examples. You know, this isn't something that we've just made up. You know, mm -hmm. it's been around for a long, long time. And as I said, you know, the, the gaming engine and their ability to make things easy to use and to take all the complex stuff and present it in a really easy way is 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 pretty cool. Um, so you know we're we're slowly but surely, you know, um, getting there. And and you know before we know it, you know the industry I'm sure will 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 all be part of this real time re revolution. And I appreciate that's going to take a number of number of years because change management does. But you know Nick, that's the that's the journey we're on. You know it's one step at a time. It does require as an SME, you know, an awful lot of patience. And, you know, persistence and resilience. Mm -hmm. um, but, mate, I'm very confident that that will get there, you know, with a little help from our friends. And as I said earlier, the fact that we're part of this global movement is 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 pretty cool. And, um, you know, i got to say that, you know, what you're doing with these podcasts, you know, play, play a great role in that. So congratulations, um, you know, to you, Nick, um, for being at the forefront of this education piece, you know, and not not just on this subject, but indeed many, many others. So So well done, buddy. Oh, thanks, Luke. And and thank you for sharing sharing what you have today and for continuing to share in our industry. You're one of those people that, you know, is at every conference and, and really tries to get this message out there. And I really hope that, you know, people can um can can listen and, and start to educate themselves because, you know, it's as you say, the technology is available now. That's not the issue. Uh, and, you know, really it's about people starting to transition their habits and their their established methodologies or, or ways of making plans and, and communicating plans and, and really thinking about how they can do better. Because, you know, through many of these conversations I have on the podcast, it's all about complex challenges that we're facing and those complex challenges are only getting greater. And, you know, I think communicating and having many stakeholders and, and indeed subject matter experts across all of the disciplines able to communicate with each other uh, and, and develop collaborative collaborative plans and proposals would only make for better cities and communities and, and outcomes. And as you say, that's what we're all about. So look, I think um, I will drop some links in this, the podcast show notes so that others can uh, find out more. And, and so this is only the beginning and only a taste of sort of 
uh, all of the information that Luke and I have chatted through uh, uh, over the many months and years that we've been talking, Luke. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we can link people to, to more places to go. Are there any final words you want to leave with the listeners? Oh, you know, I guess just a couple. Well, firstly, you know, as always, Nick, it's a it's a pleasure having a chat. And, um, you know, it's great to, you know, to hear the enthusiasm and the drive that you have. And I guess, you know, I look forward to shaping and sharing, you know, the journey ahead with you and, and your listeners. But I guess if I could, you know, just leave leave your listeners with a thought. Uh, or with a question, and it really is, what indeed are the roadblocks that are stopping you from using these enabling technologies? Ponder that if you may. I love it. Thank you so much, Luke. (laughs) All right, Nick. Take care, buddy. And thank you for tuning into the Hustle & Bustle podcast this week. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review so that others find out about the show. You can follow the show on Instagram, hustle underscore bustle underscore podcast, and LinkedIn too. That's all from this episode. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you next time. Bye for now.